0: What's up, everybody?
1: My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Uh, You are about to watch You Live Life Free, Episode 5, and we have a very, very special guest. Those of you who have watched Gratitude Unfiltered over the years, he has been on the show quite a bit. Um, But I am honored and so excited to talk to him about a subject that I have not had the opportunity to go into it with. Um, Jason Cisneros is a very special person to my life. But that said, he's a very special person to victims of human trafficking. He is a warrior, a true warrior. He is a true superhero. A lot of people claim superhero status. He's actually doing the things that superheroes do. You guys are in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this. (laughs) free everybody i'm your host joshua t berglin and live life free is brought to you by the you are my light foundation you are my light foundation is an organization that helps rehabilitate human trafficking victims that have been rescued as i've shared many times on the show nine out of ten trafficking victims go back to their captors nine out of ten why is that it's because they don't have the resources in place to be able to help them rehabilitate to show them that the devil that they don't know is actually the promises of God and not something else. Okay? People say all the time, the devil you don't know is scarier than the one you know. That's not always true. And that's why this organization, the You Are My Light Foundation, is so passionate about helping rehabilitate these victims because God's promises for our lives do not change just because you've been trafficked. Just because you've been abused, and drugged, and raped, and manipulated, and brainwashed, God's promises don't change, and that's why we exist. I am honored, and I've referenced many times, we've had some really crazy, weird episodes discussing some some very unknown things about human trafficking victims, but I've always referenced the men and women that go in the trenches, that go into hell to free these victims. And every time I brought it up, I wanted to say his name, (laughs) but I haven't done it uh, until today because I am honored and so privileged to bring the one, the only, the bald Avenger, the one and only Jason Cisneros to live life free. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Jason. What's up, my man?
2: Changing the world, baby. Changing the world. How are you, man?
1: You are changing the world and you're not just saying it. In fact, you're changing the world in ways that you don't even get to say very often. Like you don't get to go into the details, but I am, listen, for all the reasons I have to have respect for you and to admire you and to look up to you, uh, the influence that you've had on my life and just helping me break free of a lot of bull crap that was holding me back, but not even the business stuff <laughs> like and you're a genius when it comes to business and rescuing and saving companies or saving entrepreneurs from themselves. You're a genius at that. But the reason, the biggest reason why I've had so much respect for you over the years, is because of what you're here today about. So I'm honored to have you here to discuss CERT Ministries and y'all's mission. Thank you for being here, Jason.
2: Uh, it's my pleasure, brother. And uh, thank you and and your team and your your love of your life for for uh, putting you know putting this together and shining a light in the darkness, man. It, it you know, you've been a, a warrior and going through, you know, I've loved watching your development and your evolution um, into a warrior of service as well. So i um, honored to be here.
1: Uh, thanks, man. I, you know, there's so many different areas to go here, but I want to start with this. Why did you decide a guy that you, I mean, listen, we don't need to talk about your bank account and specifics here, but you're, you, you're successful. Why you could have taken the easy street and just gone on vacation for the rest of your life, but instead you've decided to put your life at risk to go free these victims. Why?
2: Well, the love of my life will tell you because I'm a masochist. <laughs> Emily, Emily and I have this conversation all the time. She's like, why? Because <laughs> she's, you know, it's it's great because you know I'm I'm uh, I'm equally yoked with a woman who is as service minded and service hearted and brilliant. Uh, you know, in so many different ways. Uh, But I've had this conversation. It started out with a conversation with my mom, really, because, look, just to give your audience just a little bit of history, you know, I was adopted when I was young. My adopted father was massively abusive. You know, you and I have a lot of our youth in common. And uh, what I learned about life early on was that there's us and there's them. In other words, there's rich and there's poor. And if you're poor, you just got to do whatever you got to do to survive. Right. Right. And so I learned um, to fight, you know, to fight my full grown adult uh, adopted father um, for whatever it was inside of me. I started jumping in front of her when I was seven years old. Um, You know, my nose, you can see it's not perfect, uh, but it's it was moved around my face (laughs) several times as I was growing up. Um, And then he went to prison for attempted murder of me and my mom when I was 17. Uh, and, And again, not for my sake, but for your, for the people that are watching your show's sake, we all do what we know. It's a, it's a version of our environment and you say nurture va- versus uh, nature and all this other kind of crap. We learn habits very early and, you know, down to our handwriting. You know, a lot of us have uh, the same handwriting as one of our, our parents, not because of its genetic, but the fact that it's mimicked, Right. And so we mimic a lot of the things that are in our environment. And we think that that's us. That's our identity. It's really not. It was our programming. And yeah. so that's what I did was I took that programming and, you know, my adopted father left. And instead of being part of one gang, I was helping multiple uh, because I was smart. And, you know, and I could do those kind of things. Uh, and and then got to a place where I had to make a decision, just like everybody that's watching your show. You You know when you're going down the wrong path when you have examples of greatness that flash in your life, even if it's for a moment, right? Even if it's just for a moment, somebody comes into your life and you're like, well, they don't think like I think, you know, oh, they're not robbing people or they're not selling drugs or they're not beating people up or they're like, how the hell, how does that look? Right? And I had multiple really great people come into my life and just say, Jason, you're wasting your talents. You're gonna end up dead or in prison, which eighty five percent to ninety percent of my friends have. Uh, either they're either dead or they're in prison. Um, and 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 then I, I said, okay. And my grandmother always made sure that I had a Bible by my by my bed because I would get locked up in my room, my face would be beat so bad, I couldn't go out into public. and uh, and and she always made sure I had that Bible, and I read it back and forth probably seventeen times. You know a little bit of this story. But when I, the, when I decided to shift, um, I, my son was born three days before this happened. And I was like, man, I really, I, don't, I just, I want something different. Like, how am I going to be a dad? Like, all these things were going through my mind. And I told my buddy at the, at the time, I said, I'm, I, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. And he said, well, I don't give a shit what you think. Um, we got one more gig going down at least tonight. And I got stabbed in the chest and I've got a scar all the way across my chest and it was that moment when the knife went in and i hope that people listen to your show and they think about these things before knives have to go in their chest or they've got to be on a on a gurney in a hospital you know from drug addiction or or in jail for making bad decisions right it's that's the point of mentorship <laughs> right amen <laughs> right so so that knife went in my chest and the, and and the instantly the thought popped into my head there was a there was a verse from the bible that said uh, that said, the sins of the father born unto the children. And, and, I, and I knew that was a sign, right? I'm like, if I, if I survive this, I'm done with this lifestyle. But much like your audience and a lot of people that we hang out with, and you, when I watch you making your decision, what the hell's next? What do I do instead? You were mentioning it, the devil that we know versus the devil that we don't know. It's the fact that, that we've picked up all these things, and that's how we've gotten into the rhythm of life, and it's normal to us. And to say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go start this other life, or I'm going to get a regular job, or I'm going to get in a good relationship, or we don't know how that feels. Yeah. And the worst thing in hum- in humanity is to be rejected, right? Yes. Or or to fail. We think that, that that that's actually the best thing to do is to fail small and incrementally as you get better. But we are deathly afraid until we've had a mentor that has put a framework in place, or or the Bible, or or a church, or something that's put something in place that can help you incrementally fail on the way to a predetermined outcome. Okay, so that's what I did. I quit, uh, went to a legitimate job, and you know what, making six fifty an hour, peeling you know uh, bark off of logs for for uh, log cabins and. You know, went got a two dollar upgrade from that to eight fifty an hour to dig a sump three levels down below the, the mine that my adopt that my uh, my father in law at the time was working at, and I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I go from being somebody people feared, respected, driving nice cars, you know, having money and cash in my pocket to to what right to this. And I thought, okay, well, you know, at the time I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I, I, you know, I I went, I, I guess I went here. It's a very, very long story that nobody needs to, or to care about. But what I did was I turned those failures into a string of successes by surrounding myself with mentors, listening to shows like yours, reading books, you know, those kind of things. And, and so when we talk about these kids that are in trafficking or domestic violence, uh, or p- poverty, extreme poverty. It's a. It becomes a mindset. And these girls, we've seen it. Like when we're doing a rescue, they're like nails embedded to their pimp sometimes because they don't want to be ripped away from the life that they know. Mm-hmm. Because they've gotten them hooked on drugs. You know, they feed them. You know, I mean, they they just absolutely degrade the the human that used to exist into something of a servant and so subservient, so dependent that they can't get loose. And then what do they do, right? What do they do? Certain ministries, you know, the numbers that you said, 90% of them end up going back to that lifestyle in some way, shape or form that's out there. And it's exactly the reverse of that when certain ministries gets involved because of what you said, the word of God, right? The word of God. And to let them know that they're loved and they're loved by an almighty God that that has already forgiven them for all the things that they're ashamed of, where the world may not accept them or may not see them um, through forgiving eyes. They may now look at them like a hooker or they may now look at them like a prostitute or a whore or, you know, whatever, you know, gay or whatever ends up. These are boys and girls that get put into this lifestyle, whereas you know, through the eyes of Jesus, we're all perfect. And and so that is introduced into their life. There's Bibles that are made for these these kids and they're accepted fully. Pastor Rudy does one thing. He steps into the car whenever the rescue, when we're in the rescue. And he says, look, I just want to, I want to apologize to you on behalf of any man who's ever harmed you. And then he gets out and then the, the ladies take over and they pray. They give him a customized Bible And they do their best to give them an environment to where they're going to be loved no matter what. And that's really when you talk about how we get through this, A, there's got to be prevention. It's a multifaceted uh, challenge. There's got to be prevention. There's got to be extraction. There's got to be aftercare. There has to be things like our buddy down in Arizona did, which is Leo Benesi, who who passed uh, HB 2889, at the at the behest of the people of Arizona, by the way, not of his own volition, but he got 2889 passed to give life sentences to uh, child porn uh, traffickers. You know, this is there's not very much of a deterrent out there. You and I could be walking down the street in in uh, uh, New York City, by the way, and with an eight ball of cocaine in our pocket, and get more time than if we were tra- trafficking little girls for profit. That's unbelievable. So it's a multifaceted approach, brother. And the conversation is that we all got to get involved where we can. It's the same thing as, as we're seeing our freedoms ripped out of our lives right now. You just got to do what you can. There's more of us than there are of them. And if
1: we all got together, we're scary as hell. Damn right. Damn right. I want to ask you something. Because um, the one part I remember when Emily, we were in San Diego. Um, and it was the first time I met Emily in person. And we were, you guys were talking, that was the first time I ever found out that you had been going and freeing victims and going on these missions. And Joe Callow said, man, you don't want to get involved in that. (laughs) You want to say it's, it's rough. And so over the years that I've realized that for me, one of the things that I have to be careful with is going back and being around familiar spirits and whether they're there or not is beside the point. But it really got me to thinking and I've been thinking back to that first conversation and watching you work my heart every time you guys go on a mission like I'm praying for you because not just because of how dangerous it is and what you have to put yourself through in those situations and I only have a small idea not the full capacity but the thing I think about is the warfare that's got to come at you not just like with the, the violent stuff I'm talking about the spiritual warfare that comes at you guys how do you prepare for that because sometimes in fact i think most of the time spiritual warfare is actually worse than the real warfare how do you protect yourself and, and and fight those demons that are coming at you to stop you from the work you're doing
2: yeah it's it's a great question brother and i you know i remember my first rescue like it was yesterday and I thought I was going to be all badass and tough and, you know, and I got my shit together and I was a gangster when I was younger and, you know, and you go in and you, you're you not nothing prepares, prepares you for what you see. Nothing prepares you. I mean, and each and every rescue is different. There's not a there's not been one time when I've ever gone undercover and done any of this work that there's been, oh, this is just like that one time. It's always different and it's always heartbreaking, you know, and it's always, like having children of my own and, you know, and, and nephews and, and nieces and like, you know, all that stuff. And, and then all the shit from my childhood, as you know, like that, that's all there still. (laughs) Right. And you just want to, you just want to really do something about it physically in the moment. And, but um, you're there, not for you. Right. A lot of this has to do with surrender and, prior to becoming a Christian, I always believed in God. You know that. I mean, you know, but I wasn't, it wasn't until November of this last year that Pastor Rudy um, baptized me. He's the only man I think that ever could have gotten me to that place. Right. And he didn't do it by asking me to get there. He just did it by, by exemplifying Christian life and, and, you know, Christ, Christ shining through him and his wife and his daughters and, and the life that they lived. So, you know, you, you look at, and then Emily, of course, she's very, always been very Christ centered and, and, you know, having the, being surrounded by people like that, you know, I think God had a plan, right? (laughs) It's like submit you stubborn bastard. (laughs) But, um, you know, so, so getting back to where you have to put yourself again, it's like your viewers, you have to, you have to see, you have to project out. And give yourself an identity that is impenetrable by failure, right? It's impenetrable by failure. And that identity for me has become being a happy warrior. You see a lot of people that are out there. Look, if you're going to ever change anything in this world, you have to be somebody who is of influence. To be somebody of influence, you have to be somebody that people want to be around or listen to, right? So if you're just always, you know, na, 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 no, I mean, people get tired of your shit like they just don't they don't want to hear it anymore and and we forget that we just like oh you know even hammering like on obvious things like Biden's the worst president on the face of the planet right uh, in the history of mankind people get tired of hearing that and yeah. and if you're going to influence them it's better to to become a person who you yourself want to hang around right that's a that's a good starting point somebody that you'd be like well, I'd like kind of like to hang out with me you know and that means being fun-loving and free. And, and you think to yourself, well, you know, you're doing the work that you're doing. You see the darkness. We've had our past. Like, again, for the viewers, not for my story, but for the viewers, we've all got that part of us that has, that has you know, almost built a scar over our heart. And, and it's built a scar over our mind and, and really put us in a position where we reject. Even if it's an unconscious level, we're rejecting people from us. Because we don't want them close enough to hurt us, yeah. so the stuff that we see, the darkness that that comes in, it has no chance. Because I've predetermined I'm a happy warrior. If God wants to take me, He's going to take me. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to be laughing my ass on the way to into the grave, right? You know me. I make fun of everything. Yes. I have fun doing everything. You know, if I'm tearing apart a business and putting it back together, I'm having a good time doing it. If yes. we're out in, you know, in the in the darkness and you know, we were surrounded by guns and all the other sh- shit that goes on out there. Um, I'm having a good time doing it. You know, I, a lot of people, they'll tell you, I'm making jokes constantly because at the end of the day, you're not, you, you know, you, Victor, you and I've talked about Victor Frankl a lot and Man's Search for Meaning and the idea that we control meaning in our own lives. And And when we are more free than our captors, That's the magic, right? When we are more free than our captors and our captors can be our past. Our captors can be, you know, what we think of ourselves because we haven't gotten to a place of forgiving ourselves. It can be, um, you know, I got to be a Democrat or I got to be a Republican or I'm black, I'm white, I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm a woman, I'm a man, like whatever, you know, whatever these things that can be our cage. And the only way that we feel free is when we feel and if we're un, unhealthily free, the only time we feel free is when we're in the same cage with other people that are just like us. And so to be free, we have to, we have to get to a place where we predetermine what that means. No matter what situation I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna love you. If you're causing harm, I'm gonna beat the living tar out of you and give you a hug when we're done. Right. But but if but I, I'm gonna win that fight. And on the other side of it, I'm going to love you. I love you while I'm beating the shit out of you if I, to, if I need to. Learn that from Pastor Rudy. I'm still not as good at it as he is. But you got to predetermine, right? Predetermine where you're going to be. So if my identity is a happy warrior, that means that regardless of my scenario, my situation, the darkness, brother, I, I have a permanent address in the darkness. I lived there for many, many years. I know the address. I can get you around. I'm better than a GPS. Any GPS for getting around in the darkness. I don't like it. I don't want to be there. Right. I don't want, I don't, I don't need to go visit an old territory. So my territory exists in the future. And that means that I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be somebody that somebody that people want to be around. And that guards me against that darkness seeping in because it's ever present.
1: Okay. I'm so glad that you went there because one of the things that, I know is coming. Like we are the the battle that there, there's a battle that's sneaking up. Like right now it's going on, but a lot of people don't see it still. They don't have the eyes to see. But there's a real war about to take place and like people are going to be confronted with it and it's not but that said and it's just as evil. Or I think mean, I think people are going to be confronted with the evil that you're fighting head on. That said, those of us that have been through some dark stuff, that have been to some dark evil places, I believe that once we have been rehabilitated that that is on us like we have this opportunity to 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 do to become God's warriors like and I believe that we are God's warriors especially when we break through once we we flip that switch or we surrender our lives to Christ that we become that and it takes work to really get there and get physi- like get mentally fit for it physically fit for it it is a complete battle that said Good men and men of God have to do some. This is the part that I've been trying to figure out at what point, because we have to fight back. Like at some point, we don't turn the other cheek. So when we go and fight. The part that I'm used to fighting with, and I want to make this about me for a second. The part that I'm used to fighting with is a darkness and an evil. How do you fight from a place of love?
2: yeah it's it's um you know the, the the it's a choice right like again, the thing that makes us different from anything else that God has created mm-hmm. is that we have a choice of the meaning that we're going to give things, and so if I'm fighting myself in the darkness that's within, I know it's in there, you know what I mean? I, I like to dance with it every once in a while. You know me and tequila. I like to dance with it a little while. You know, A <laughs> couple of tequilas, we have a good time. Smoke a cigar because you know because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just do what everybody thinks you know that is right, which is you just totally eliminate it. I like to dance with my darkness, and in dancing with it, my light and my dark are dancing together. There's a there's a confluence there that that creates something extraordinarily powerful. And, and so I'm not fighting against my dark side. It's just, I know it's there. Right. And, and there's some cool shit over there. There's some cool stuff in there, but I'm not going to live there, you know, and there's two, if you go too far into the light, you, be, you become fake. Right. And that's a lot of preachers and pe- people, you know, that's the, the industry that you find yourself in. Well, I'm yeah. so light and da da da. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I'm having my, you know, my pool boy have sex with my, my wife and, and, you know, okay. Like, Whatever happens in your bedroom, like I say, go ahead. I don't, you know. Again, the things start to blur when you're when you're too dark or you're too light. It's the fact that we don't give ourselves grace enough to play in that middle ground that I think causes sickness in people.
1: That's really beautiful, man. I've heard you. I mean, we've had so many really powerful conversations on camera, off. But the one thing that I've been curious about this whole time is has that shifted for you where because you've always believed in letting not the shadow self come into play a little bit, like not not getting rid of it, not denying it, embracing it, dancing with it. You've always preached about that, even before you were the reverend. <laughs> um, I'm not a preacher. You've always been you've always been a reverend to me. Every time I hear you talk, it's like, man, that was just church. He didn't even know it yet. Like everything, yeah. never mind, that's a whole other wormhole. It, but I, I was been curious if you, how you feel, felt about that, if that's changed for you now that you, you know, you're walking with Christ now. But I've learned this in my own life. And it's a weird, it's a slippery slope for me because it's it, like I have to be strong there. But I had to tap into that dark, darker side this weekend to protect us. And it felt good. I'm not Mm going to lie. It felt really great to be able to go there and then walk away from it after I needed it. And so, and I was going, God, is this, like, I, I I felt joy in that moment. I, I, because I was protecting my family. I was protecting my woman. And, and that meant something, but I was like, was I, was I flirting with evil too much there? Because the last thing I want is to ever go back to the way I was.
2: Yeah. Well, again, when you when you're consciously creating yourself, and you're you know, and you're in prayer, and you're in the Word, right? You're you're struggling with that every time you pick up the Bible, and you're like, hey, you know, what about? And and it's not really a struggle. I mean, look, wisdom comes from questioning. It doesn't come from answers. Wisdom comes from questioning. It's not, you know, the power of your life or, you know, Tony Robbins has said this multiple times. the the, The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the quality of questions that you ask yourself. So it's not, you know, what I what I will never do is because a lot of religion and the structure of religion was built on control, not freedom right anything that is is preaching anything but freedom right because that's ultimately what what Christ is is there for is to say look i've set you free i've set you free not not hey i need to cage you over here and you know you're going from the world's rules to my rules it's not that's kind of not how it works and and you know Jesus and God from what i can remember you know from all the times that i read the bible he's a little edgy you know what i mean like he's a little edgy. He's not like it's like when he's going in there and you know turning shit over and it, 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 like there's an edge to him, and and to to the word I think that you you've got to be willing and able to go to that place to protect. Now you don't live there, um, and again, darkness and light like you don't have one without the other. It's a who he or she who masters the dance is going to be the one that is most successful. And it's not comparison and doubt are the two biggest tools of the devil, right? Comparison and doubt. Uh, So anytime you think, well, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. What's the outcome? Like you got to think about what are my, what are my behaviors creating? And if they're creating pain or they're creating suffering, then that's not going to be of God. That's not going to be of Christ. Right. If if my actions and my activities are causing freedom, or they're easing suffering, or they're creating you know a deeper connection, or a, good, a better example for Christ, uh, you know that, that he's shining through you, then that's probably the right path. Not everybody knows every step of the way what exactly we're supposed to be doing, but I you know guilt and shame and those types of things. If I don't make decisions that I'm going to be guilty of or shameful of. Then why should I feel those things? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the predetermining who you're going to be. I'm a, I'm a warrior, a happy warrior for for Jesus Christ and for God. Like that's that's who I am. And so everything is balanced unconsciously where we're saying, oh, I'm a or, you know I'm a rape victim or <laughs> I'm a I'm I'm black or I'm white or or um you know all of these things that that subconsciously direct who you are. I've decided I'm a happy warrior for Christ. That's it. So everything gets filtered through that. Even if I'm not thinking about it, it's unconsciously happening along the way. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that I don't lose my temper. But most of the time now when when I lose my temper, right, or if I get angry, it's an act. It's very difficult for me to get cellular level angry like I used to when I was younger. Yeah. Now it's like, I need to make a point. I got to get somebody to drop their gun. I got to get, you know, I got I to get to that level of intensity to move a room full of people like you've seen me do, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to get to that level of intensity, but I don't feel it at, in my cells anymore. I'm very at peace, very at peace.
1: I love that. I want to ask you, we're talking about guilt and shame. And the, 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 the little girls and the boys that you're rescuing, how much do you believe shame plays a role in their, like the struggle for them to be able to allow themselves to rehabilitate?
2: It's huge. I mean, you know, there's shame, there's guilt, there's, uh, you know, there's addiction. Um, you know, there's the the deepest thing, right? Is is our identity, and their identity becomes, I'm a lower form of a human right and i can't think for myself because these are the things that are being beat into them you know as as they're being groomed and and being trained how to become pets right and and how to become submissive and and you know they're just beating the the will out of these kids because they know how yeah so so shame is a big it's a great tool for those of us that are that are free and it's a great tool for those that are held captive. And that means, you know, even worker slaves, right? There's more slaves today than there was during the entire uh, um, time during transatlantic slave trade. Jesus,
1: How, <clears throat> would you say that shame is the hardest thing for the victims to overcome or what in your opinion is the hardest thing for them to overcome that you've seen?
2: It's a, It's their identity, you know, letting them know that they are just as worthy of the pastor who's shined up and polished on the pulpit that they're just as worthy of God's love as that person. Right. And that, that, you know, God washed the the feet of people like them, right. That they are that worthy. So identity is a big piece. And then, and then community, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Belonging a compelling future is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves or anyone that's involved in the slave trade, right? Because their compelling future is I just got to get through tomorrow. I got to get to that next meal. I get through this trick. I get my hit, right? I get through all these. It, it's it there. They have no compelling future. The further you can project a, com- a compelling future out, the more in control you are of your own life. And, and so compelling future is one of the, is one of the greatest tools to to dispel your your concept of unworthiness and Pastor Rudy drills home, know your worth, know your worth, know your worth. Right?
0: What are the most,
1: what are the the biggest needs that CERT Ministries has right now to be able to help them not just further their mission but expand it?
2: Yeah. Money, prayers, you know, expansion, knowledge, like, you know, get, we always talk about, I'm so sick of hearing the word. And so is Pastor Rudy, by the way, awareness. Like we're just, you know, we're everybody knows that there's child sex trafficking. And by the way, it's just that language that lessens what it is. It's the rape of a child for profit, right? It's raping a child for profit. And the only thing, the only reason why it's not your child is because they haven't gotten to them yet. They're all on the menu right now. It's fastest growing crime on the face of the planet. They're grooming them through Snapchat, through all the shit that you put the, you know, this little digital tool, that the leash that you put them on. They're, they've already been contacted, right? They've already been contacted by somebody, whether it's a pedophile or, or a trafficker of some kind They're being they're being connected to through the games they're playing, through the the apps that they're hiding from you because you want to be a friend or you or not. And again, this is not attacking anybody out there, but in general, parents have become way more disassociated since they just give their kids a a screen and say, go do what you do while I'm on my screen. Right. So um, but what they need is is I'll tell you specifically why they need money the the defund the police the stupidest um virtue signaling bullshit that i've ever seen sweep through this you know highly stupid country i'm finding out <laughs> is is defunding the police because guess what the rich people got private uh security they paid for the police in their neighborhoods and who suffered right minority minority, minority. poor right? Those communities are the ones that suffered. And, and by the way, I'll give you one very specific example. LA County had 65 trafficking police officers. And as soon as defund hit, they cut their entire department down to zero in one of the top three at all times, one of the top three trafficking hubs of, of the entire world.
1: It, it, people Like what you just said, not only is horrifying, it's it's even more horrifying if you actually know what goes on in L.A. If you know about all the underground tunnels and how kids are trafficked under very famous museums that you go to. There's some really freaky stuff that happens in L.A. Some stuff I've seen. Not all of it. I mean, other stuff is just rumors. I mean, it's
2: happening on the street corners in front of your face right now. Because what – I mean, they're they're not arresting them. They're not putting them in jail. They're not – you know, none of that stuff there. And, and you have basically just ceded to the enemy. Hey, here's all your territory, right? It's, it's in your face. It doesn't even have to be hidden right now. How
1: do we, how do we win? Because you have border, you have border agents that are involved. You have a orphanage, not orphanages. Yeah. Orphanages. This is around the world. You have the like there's there every there you have government officials, you have cops, you have politicians you everybody not again not everybody, but from every possible job in government agency they're they're involved in this. How do you win a war against the people that basically have the money to create their own wars
2: yeah again, I keep telling people it's the same exact way how we're gonna retain freedom right is there's more of us. Then there are them, and the the issue. If we keep getting divided, and hey, you're white and you've got white privilege, shut the fuck up. Like you know, <laughs> it, like I'm so sick of this shit because it's just all it. Whether you accept it as you're a white person or you're blaming from a from from a, a black person or a co- person of colors position, it, it's all we're doing is falling for for those people who are controlling all of this shit for their stuff. Like you know, you know me. I mean, I my, some of my best friends, like we're, we don't even look at skin color anymore. Like it, yeah. racism is dead and they need it to be alive to, to, to leverage this shit, right? You want to get rid of institutional racism. We need to replace everybody that's in the government. We need to replace and put good people. But look, at the end of the day, all, all virtue signalers want to do is go on Facebook and go boom, 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 right? Oh, I did this. Now I've, I've done my piece. That is an abdication of our civic duty, right? You have got – we have got to step in and do what we can from where we're at. That was – that's the whole point of a, of a democratic republic and, and, and the constitution of the United States of America is that it's run by the people. And that those representatives don't go there permanently like we've let them, but we've abdicated. We're like, oh, yay, you guys keep doing what you're doing as long as I get some free shit every once in a while. And, and we have an election, right, that, that and, and makes it seem like it's real and blah, 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 blah. We've been living a fantasy for the last 50 years. And now it's starting to crack. And you're starting to see that. My black brothers and sisters, and my white brothers and sisters, my Mexican, my Asian, all uh, my gay brothers and sisters, my straight, whatever they are, we're not against each other. We don't hate each other, right? We don't. You know, at the end of the day, most of us just want to, want even our close family members to leave us the hell alone. It's not a matter. We just want to be left alone, and and so we're coming to the conclusion. If we don't come to the conclusion that what separates us is not skin color it's poverty it's equal distribution not equal distribution as in communism or socialism right, right. but equal distribution of opportunity amen right equal distribution of opportunity because talent levels will never be will never be the same which means that compensation will never be the same but equal uh, that was the whole premise of the of the constitution and yes for a period of our time that did not uh, apply to everybody but Look, how we treat our kids and our elderly, our youth and our elderly, is, is a, an indictment on us as a generation. And our generation sucks. I mean, it really sucks. We, we're now about to face, and we're in the middle of facing, our own World War II, right? Our own Hitler. Like, we're, we're, we're getting ready to do that, and we are so ill-prepared Because people care about whether it's he, her, they, she, him, shim, plum, plume. Like you know when 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 Asia or not Asia, but China, when China comes in here, they're not gonna give a shit what you call yourself. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna give a shit what your skin color is.
1: And they're here, here, by the the way.
2: way. Of course course they are here.
1: here. They're They're surrounding us. us.
2: They own most of stuff. Now we're still in a position that we can reverse out of this like we did with the Japanese, right? Japanese, if you remember, they were in a very similar situation, minus the the uh, uh, huge amount of people in their country. But the people in their country really aren't diehard Chinese. Like they're not the, the government and the people are massively separated because it's an authoritarian regime right here in America. You know we're yes we're separated from it a little bit but we still view ourselves as American Americans and we'll lay down our lives plus we've got more guns than seventy two other countries put together right (laughs) but um, but at the end of the day we're we have become so soft that that it's that it's now only about us and that creates a sickness that creates a sickness in the individual it's a cancer. So you know, if we want to help trafficking, then we have to stop being so damn selfish. We have to see there's things that are that are more important than my own life. That that you know that that are a permanence, right? There's a, a law above man called God. Um, there is a, a light called Jesus Christ that we're supposed to follow and mimic, and we're supposed to do all the good we can with the time that we have, and have fun along the way right and have fun along the way so that's the happy warrior thing
1: let me let me ask you something something. um Um, i want you to speak speak to to a lot of the the trafficking trafficking organizations and now there's even nonprofits that have nothing to do with human trafficking but now they've added that as a a a calling card if you would of how they're going to get gain support i need you to speak if you would from your perspective about all the trafficking organizations out there not pointing them out but what they need to do to be able to create maximum impact because what i look at from the nonprofit space now that i'm in it i'm we pride ourselves on being like a bridge and a glue and being able because we're using media to be able to elevate other people and that allows us to collaborate in a really unique way but these trafficking organizations are all on independent islands it seems trying to fight this war but they're not really going very far. What, in your opinion, should the organizations around the world do to be able to create maximum impact to really fight and win this war?
2: So again, not an easy answer to a very complex, uh, intelligent question that you've asked. Being in, in the trafficking world, you know, our infrastructure, right? When you think about what our government is supposed to do, it's supposed to be, to protect the homeland and to protect individual rights. And those two things, and trafficking is certainly one of those. We should be protecting our children and we should be protecting our elderly, which we do a shitty job of because it's all about me, 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 right now, right now, get mine, right? Yeah. Um, and and so there, that's that would be step number one is to get, our infrastructure that we all pay taxes on, or at least working people pay taxes on, uh, to, to work better for those two purposes because trafficking would be eliminated almost overnight. If we just use the infrastructure, the, the law enforcement and the military that we have, it would be over, okay? Now, a step beyond that is we need to get laws passed that are deterrentive, um, just like 28, uh, HB 2889 in, in uh, Arizona. Uh, those would be, that would, that would help, uh, the trafficking world. You have to, you know, I, and as you know, I went in, I went, did my very first one with a specific, uh, uh, trafficking organization. And then I moved, you know, through 12 others for, for different reasons. Like, you know, they're, they're all doing their thing, but I went through different reasons and I ended up with pastor Rudy and I'll be there, you know, until for the end of time, as long as they'll take me and have me because they're they're based in an outcome and most charities aren't. They're not based in a measurable outcome. Uh, we know exactly how much it takes to extract a child. We know how much how much, how much it costs, how much it you know what time, how much time it's going to take, uh, what the what our program is before during after like we've got that part dialed and the outcome is to get that child out and keep them out period, right Get the child out. Let them know their worth, keep them out of that lifestyle, and have them go on to live the life that God uh, in- intended for them. And, and a lot of charities that are out there are allowed to run amok because they do their branding and their marketing right, which means they bring in a ton of money, and it becomes about the holding up of the infrastructure of the entity rather than the outcome. And, I, and those are the type that I just can't stomach you know, they say, well, we're raising awareness. Yeah, okay. You know, okay. So, <laughs> so did the ice bucket challenge, right? <laughs> and, and so what are, what's the outcome of what you're doing? Is it to make a big, fancy, you know, uh, production movie, uh, that you're going to make money off of? Is it to, uh, you know, to run for office? Is it, to, is it to raise your profile? Is it to make your business do better? Is it, you know, what what are you doing these things for? And which all of that, look, is, is fine. As long as the outcome is we're actually impacting the lives of the ch- children and we're giving them resources. When you've got some of these trafficking organizations that are out there that aren't even, they're not even rescuing kids and they're saying they are, right? and and you know you've got aftercare that that says that they take in after they take these kids afterwards but they say we won't take pregnancy we won't take drug addicted we won't take diseases we won't take mental problems Doesn't okay like what's left? there is no such thing as a well adjusted trafficking victim you know you're going to you so there has to be a, a bring them in we'll take them and we'll figure out how to to, to start the healing process from that perspective. And I've got a couple of different uh, organizations, but it's taken a long time, brother, to find people that actually do what they say they're going to do. And the best way you can do that is don't fall for the marketing campaigns. Get to know the the, the, the people that are involved. What are they doing, right? What is their heart? Is their heart to serve? Is their heart to solve the problem? Or are they just interested in getting on news and movies and? you know, and and running for office and raising their own personal profile. Like, cause this, this world and and trust me, brother, it's, it's one of the things that I have to struggle, that I do struggle with is, you know, you, you say I'm a hero. I'm not a hero. I'm just somebody that does what God intended us for us to do. Once we reach beyond our own personal, when we've taken care of ourselves, right? Our, our, and, and our ability to survive. Anything in excess is supposed to go to God's kingdom, right? I'm not a hero, and 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 but you can get caught up in the idea of being a hero, and that overtakes all of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, can, and, I, I and I and I know where your heart's coming from. I really do.
1: This okay? How about this? You're a champion of the people. That because. that I'll take. Okay. You know? You're a champion of the people because. The impact that I know that you've had on my life, but I know there's not a conversation that comes up that you don't come up in that somebody is not talking about how you've impacted their life on this deep, profound level. Now, I know one thing that frustrates you is when you do give your time to somebody and they don't follow through or they don't step up or they don't take the <laughs> advice that you've given them. And, it, and I was stubborn. And it took me a while, but you really sewed a lot into me and I will never forget the conversation we had after my meth relapse when I was in LA. It was right before I left. And, and, it was, and I was telling you about the, the thoughts that would, over, like they were overtaking me. And you gave me something to do that forever has impacted my life. Not only did it help change my life, but it really helped me with my walk with Christ as well because it helped me every time those thoughts would come in my mind, I would overtake them. And that was (laughs) when I would have the thoughts of, I won't even go into the details of some of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. I would say something out loud of what God said about me and what, how God sees me. And I would say it out loud, no matter where I was at, because I took you literally, I did it for three months straight and I still do it when I need to. But I would say it. And I remember being in the gym one time, I was just gotten out of the shower and I'm in the mirror just my, the thoughts and the evil was coming at me and all of these bad thoughts. And I was getting ready to go tie one off and do something really bad. And I remember, remembered what you said and I said it out loud over and over again. And sure enough, when I opened my eyes, there was people behind me hearing me say it, but that's had an impact. And I have to imagine, like I think about all these kids and they're going through this struggle to rehabilitate. Like, and and, and they have nothing but negative things that are going through their head and they're wanting to go back to their captors and they don't understand. And who are these strange people telling me that God loves me or God loves them? Like, I can't imagine what the thoughts that they were thinking, because I know what I was thinking and it was pretty freaking awful. So I can't imagine what it is for them. Have you had the opportunity to be able to apply some of your own wisdom to some of these victims? Because I'm telling you, Your wisdom really does have an impact on people's lives.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a big mouth. And so I always, (laughs) you know, yeah, yes. The answer is yes, because that's who I am. And, and it's, and it's just part of who everybody else should be as well. We should be constantly pouring in without the constant necessity for the attention or the accolades that you just helped. Like, you know, you and I've had a lot of private conversations. I've Never one time said, oh my gosh, I changed JTB's life. Like, because you changed it. You know, God put me in, in, in your, your line of fire and, and I ran my mouth because I don't know how to keep it shut. <laughs> and, and, you know, and at the end of the day, that you took something from that. And as I have from my mentors, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I hadn't have taken, if people hadn't have kicked my ass with love. Uh, over my my lifetime, and we just don't do that enough for each other, right? We have to look at, okay, what are all the pre-qualifiers? Oh, you know she's a Democrat. Uh, oh my gosh, she you know, she's a lesbian and uh, well oh, she's not my my okay, so I can't talk to her. instead of just saying that's a human being across from me. and I'm gonna speak my heart in love and find a way that I can compliment them and make them feel better about themselves and then maybe then they'll want to hang out with me and they'll like you did trust me enough to open some doors for me to go in and say okay well let's get rid of this and let's get rid of that and by the way if you don't do what i ask you to do don't fucking call me again right
1: like <laughs> it, it,
2: <laughs> which which i think is pretty much the sentence that i t- that i tell you that i told yeah. you right <laughs> uh, it's exactly what- <laughs> But but that's oh but I think the world needs more of us loving each other, not less of it, right? There's the, there's profit to be had in division, and you know I was I, you, I don't I think you know Leah Steele, but she was interviewing me the other day and she said, Jason, number one, you know, two things came out of that. She said, Jason, why why isn't there somebody who stepped up into leadership, right? And much like Pastor Rudy, his story, I had the same similar one in my life, you know, when when he was confronted with trafficking and he was fighting with God and pissed off at Jesus, right? As a pastor, he's like, how can you let this child rape stuff happen? And God said, no, how come you are letting it happen? Whoa. Right? It's, a, it's that return. And, and, and I said, sort of the same thing to, to Leah was where, where I said, we're all leaders. You know, the, the, <clears throat> the, what's the most famous football team? The only undefeated football team on the face of the planet is, is who?
1: Seventy-two Dolphins.
2: Yeah, right. You you know that? Like just right off the tip. It's a some of you don't even know it's seventy-two, but it's the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me one player from that team? Larry Zonka. Okay, who else?
1: I know the coach, Don Shula. That was it.
2: <laughs> I don't think you. And by the way, I don't think you're right on either one of those. Oh. <laughs> but but this is my <laughs> this is my point. This is my point. <laughs> nobody knows. You don't. I know. I'm gonna. I. I. I, I don't think either one of those. Are right. I think Zonka and him come later. But I believe <laughs> that. That here's the point: is that we are in a place where we're doing our best to retain freedom and sovereignty, and to create freedom and ease suffering for other people. We don't really need a Don Shula or you know, or a Dan Marino, or it's the team that comes together that the only one on the planet that ever has ever in football been undefeated was a team of no names, right? I happen to know, uh, you know, Tim, who was the cornerback for them. I just randomly know him, but I don't know anybody else's name on that team, right? And so that's that's the, the environment that we live in right now. And the second thing she asked me was, you know um uh, you know Jason, you seem to be saying things that are common sense and sort of middle of the road and and um, pragmatic but you're but you're being t- t- uh, tagged as being a, an extremist or being controversial, and she said, "Why aren't more people where you're at in that middle that that pragmatic middle bringing people together and I said, because it pays like shit <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's no money in the middle of this thing. Right. Which I think is the only reason God gave me the ability to build up a, a, you know, a a nice little nest egg for this time was because I can be in the middle talking about bringing us together and pragmatic solutions and not worry about the fact that my ad revenue is not coming in. I'm not getting sponsorships. People are trying to cancel me. I don't care. I really don't care. So that's where we have to get to in our lives is we have to stand up. And it's not always going to be easy. And people have died to, for this idea of freedom for generations. And it's either time for us to piss on our on our, on our uh, um, ancestors' graves or to make them proud. That's the only choice that we have. That's the only choice that we have.
1: Do you believe that we're going to pull out we'll of, 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 of this as a country? country?
2: I do. I believe God timed this. It's like the the number one text that goes back and forth between me and Pastor Rudy is God is hilarious. Like we that's the number one text that we send back and forth to each other. And I'll tell you that that I believe that all of this is happening. So that the light can shine on the darkness that's been happening for generations before us. And they thought that they were going to flip a, a thing and throw out this COVID thing and throw out the race wars and throw out all the, you know, now insurrectionists, an unarmed, <laughs> you know, group of. You were there. You were there. So, I was there. It's It wasn't an insurrection. It was an overabundance of enthusiasm. It was an overflowing of enthusiasm. Right. Nobody died except for a protester. That's it. An unarmed protester was shot. That didn't happen in all of the, the the other things that happened throughout the year. Think about that. Not one single unarmed protester through 56 riots, right, through billions of dollars of burning, through attacks on police, rocks and firebombs and all this other kind of stuff. Not one unarmed protester was shot. And now you have this this overflow of people who the cops let into the building. By the way, stood yep. by, opened the doors, high fived them into a hallway of people that were already there to take pictures from the mainstream media. It was a setup from get go, right? Yep. So yep. those people go in. I didn't go inside. I was literally when I saw that happen. I'm like, don't go in. That's trespassing, right? You're you're gonna bre- you're breaking the law now. But uh, up until that point. But the people that went in there, you can see the pictures. They're not armed. You know, they're not trying to kill anybody. Nobody got killed. They, you know, they've determined they're like, oh my gosh, five other people, uh-uh, natural causes. All of the other people, natural causes, which means that they would have died where, if they were back home in Kansas or if they happened to be there at that rally, right? So one person in all of that, 300,000 plus people that that marched on on the thing, um, but the but these are the narratives that we were that we're being told to to buy. So what I'm saying is that God put is shining light on all of this. The people that 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 like there was one vote against life sentences for pedophiles and for child traffickers. One vote. We should find out who the hell that person is and boot them. Like, you know what I mean? They're showing themselves. If you don't want to address trafficking, you are for it. If you're not against it, you're for it. There's no in between here. There's no ambiguity. There's no, you know, um, man-boy love thing. Like, there's none of that. There, there. Anytime you allow them to blur the lines, it's because they want you to accept the the nastiness of it.
1: And right? the amount of evil that's being accepted is terrifying.
2: It's terrifying because people don't think of it as evil, right? There, people are so trained. Right, they're so trained not to think for themselves. They're so trained to believe, you know, Fauci. Um, you know, I just had Lee Dundas, who's one of the greatest uh, human rights attorneys that's ever walked the face of the planet. One of the greatest warriors that the United States of America has ever seen. And she was telling a story about, um, you know, on the show about a, a a thing that they did. I think it was at Harvard or something like that to see how far we would go. When a doctor told us something, right, that, that it was okay. And it was basically, you know, it was, it was under false pretenses, but go back and watch my show. It's, it's fascinating that nobody ever got hurt in the experiment, but people were willing to go to a point of execution levels of, of, of uh, electric shock on somebody that they didn't know that was in a room screaming, please stop, because the doctor kept, told them to keep going. So we're being played, right? We're being played. And anybody that's asking the right questions or thinking for themselves is being deemed uh, an insurrectionist, a, you know, a domestic terrorist, all these things, because we're thinking for ourselves. The the elite have metastasized into a cancer that doesn't want to leave its halls of power and being uh, uh, superior to those those of us that are lower class. Right. It's happened. They don't want to let go of it. And it's supposed to be a fresh group of bodies that are rolling through there on a consistent basis so that we don't set laws against ourselves. And these people have been there forever. Mitch McConnell needs to go. Pelosi needs to go. Everybody on both sides needs to go. And not just all at once, but to be switched out. We need to take our civic duty seriously, right? And and be a sacrifice. Supposed to be a sacrifice when you go. Benjamin Franklin said, if you went to... to to uh, If you went to Washington or to government, poor, and you come out rich, you stole from somebody. Like all of this plays in. Remember that trafficking and starvation and, you know, these riots in the street, these are an a after effect of a culture that has forgotten that we're a God-fearing country that is supposed to love our neighbor, right? It's a symptom because the more they separate, the more they get control of the warring factions. You know, I'll finish. I'll finish up with with one of the greatest scenes. It's called the Last Castle, right? The Last Castle, and um, and it was uh, Robert Redford, right? He goes in as a four star general and broke a law, whatever, went into prison, and the guy that's running the prison says, "Watch how easy it is to manipulate human, uh, um, human, the human condition," right? So instead of having three or four basketballs on the court, he tells his guards to take all of them but one. And what happens? They fight, right? They fight. And one one of the guys ends up getting shot and killed. And he said, look how easy it is to manipulate uh, humanity. Right? That scene is what we're going through in America right now. That one scene. They've taken all three of the other basketballs and we're all fighting over one. When it's the bastard that's up above us in, you know, that's, that's acting as the, the, the warden for the, for the insane asylum that's causing it. And we need to get rid of that person or those people.
1: There's a lot of people that are scared right now. God, I don't know where the should should be coming from. Yeah, I I understand. But what do you say to those? Like what, how do you deliver a message of hope in the dark? For those that are scared, like, what would you say, what, what saying, say everyone that's scared in the world right now is
2: watching. Look, good always wins. Good always wins. Not, you know, it's not that, that, that evil doesn't win a couple of battles, but, but this, we, as a human, as a human race, regardless of all of our flaws, we eventually get it right because the people get tired of oppression and we fight back, right? We eventually get it right. And we've just been living in it for so long, we've forgotten to fight. So you can be afraid. You can sit at home and be afraid and somebody else will fight your battle for you. But you know that's how we broke away from Britain, Great Britain, right? Was less than 3% of this country stood up against them. You know the other sixty percent, which is going on right now, would have said yeah, it's okay. We can speak British. We don't. It's a let the British come in, and you know if they want to sleep with my wife or my daughter whenever they want to. It's a, It's unlikely to happen, but if they want to, they can. You know, premenecta or whatever they they call it. I'll go. It's okay. You know, or or the the sixty or seventy percent of this country that said let Hitler do what he's doing. Like it's a, you know it's it's all right. Like. The, it's always been small groups of very dedicated people that, that, are, are, that have God and, and right and the light and, and things behind them that eventually win. So that's the good news, right? The, the call on your life is to stop being afraid because you're going to die. Like everybody's running around like we can do something about COVID that's going to permanently fucking inoculate us against death. I'm sorry. You're going to die. It's either going to be from COVID, a fucking bus running you over, getting shot, a uh, cancer, old age. It, you know, there's all kinds of ways, right? There's a show that's out there. If you really want to get morbid called a thousand ways to die. And you can watch all of them. If you want to scare yourself, do it right. Stop being a p- pussy and sitting back and going, you think you're going to get the fucking flu and it's going to kill you. And all of a sudden we better shut down the entire world. Like, don't be real scared. So, You know, (laughs) at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's there's lots of ways, and none of us are getting out alive. None of us. Well, Jason, I want to take the proper, uh, you know, okay, shut yourself in your house, which, by the way, killed more people than the people that were outside from COVID. You know, oh, I'm going to lock myself in my house, and I'm not going to, and I'm going to disinfect my mail, and (laughs) by the way, die from COVID. How did that shit happen? Like you you did everything you could to protect yourself and you died of covid anyway. Oh, I'm going to go get a vaccine. Um half of the people that are going into the hospital right now are fully vaccinated. Oh, but the but the the goalposts keep changing, you know? They're like, well, it's protects you. Like it gives you 99% protection against getting covid. Well, no it doesn't. Okay? Um but by the way, it's 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 uh it helps you from severe death and 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 the over no one doesn't like they keep moving it like see trying to see it for something other than making the government and big pharma rich because they're tied at the hip they're not separate Mm. from each other they're all making money off of this shit right now for a disease that's 99 percent fucking survivable with nothing
1: yep yep it's unbelievable man (laughs) it's in a supposed to be about
2: trafficking look it yeah, trafficking it is, is about uh, control and it's an and it's an it's an it's part of this entire mentality.
1: It all feeds into each other, like it's very incestuous in that way. And if I don't know how many people how people have forgotten, I mean they have to be erasing history because how did people forget about the controversy with Dr. F face Fauci in HIV? You the don't have network. to erase.
2: You don't have to erase history when people don't fucking read it in the first place. <laughs> <in> Berglund. <Berlin. laughs> you don't have to erase it.
1: That's a good point. Hi, woman. Well, hey. Oh, hey.
0: Stop on before you guys finished up.
1: Just hi. To
0: hi, it's Jason. We
1: pull down the camera. She's a little bit shorter than me. I'm
0: a lot shorter. I have to sit on my knees. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to say
0: that. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Jason, for doing this. It means a lot to both of us. It does. And the foundation. And we are so grateful for everything that you do uh, to save people and bring awareness. I know you hate the word, (laughs) but I know you hate the word. It's a different kind of awareness that you bring. Yeah, a raw, real, unfiltered awareness, and it's a very matter-of-fact, blunt in-your-face, and I think that's what the world needs.
2: Well, and I think you guys are doing the same thing. Look, awareness that drives people to action, you know, and that that moves them. Like, you know, again, um, you know, JTb's seen me multiple times. I don't go in and speak; I go in and move people. Right? That that's the the idea when I'm talking about these things they're connected. So I have to talk about things that are uncomfortable that most people get shunned or shadow banned or booted or, you know, whatever. You can't, you know, you can't cancel me anymore. So you can't shut me up. Those days are over. Right. And you guys are doing the same thing. So, so awareness to say, here's the problem. And then a call to action to say, here's what you can do and, and then go do it. Or don't come back to me, right? This is, we talked about this earlier. I can't, the, the thing that it drives me nuts is when somebody says, I need help, I need help, I need help, and I say, okay, go do these things, right? I'll, I'll give you a really great example. You guys will really appreciate this. I put together, because people from charities are, are hammering me and my organization all the time, whether it's to get me to speak or to raise money or, or to you know help and do, you know write a check or whatever it is. I'm getting hammered all the time. So, and because I set a commitment that I would return every email, every message that I ever got, that's a commitment in my heart. I reached back out to these people and I was having all these conversations. So finally I said, you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give about $50,000 worth of training for these charities, right? And I'm going to put it into a program for them and I'm going to put it up for free in a little page called the Jason, the stupidest name ever. You'll, you'll love, right? Which is um, the Jason resources. Charity Resources page. It's still on Facebook, by the way. And what I tell people is, here's $50,000 worth of information on how to set up your, your, your charity. Go through it and then call me back. And out of maybe 800 charities that I've spoken to, guess how many of them? actually go do the work and call me back. Guess how many of them? One. Five.
1: Oh, more than I thought. Wow.
2: Out of like 800. You see what I'm saying? Like people don't want to do the work these days. And that's, you know, goes back to what you were saying, JTB. When, when we had that conversation, I'm like, here's what you do. But if you don't do it, lose my number. Did the same thing with, with Lauren Harris. You know, I've done it. I've done it with everybody in my life. And 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 that's because people that I cared about and that loved me did that with me as well.
1: Yeah, it's – God, and that's, a, that's another thing I respected because you've known me. We met like right after I gave my life to Christ, and I was on the, the process of building my life back. And I know you could have bailed me out, but you didn't. And that was the most loving thing you could have ever done for me. You've never – thrown me a lifeline, you've given me wisdom and, and it, and it matters. And like, even for the victims that you're rescuing, the thing is, it still has to be their idea to heal. It's still, I can't I can't, heal I can't, I can't, I can't want way.
2: your success more than, I can't want your success more than you do. Yes. And money sometimes, you know, in these situations is the worst thing that you can give somebody.
1: I agree. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's, And I'm fortunate. And I think about this with the people that we get to help with uh, our nonprofit um, is how fortunate that I am to have been able to see what success looked like at least. So I knew it. I knew how to do it. I had been, I knew how to, I grew up around successful people, but I also grew up around junkies too. But that said, (laughs) I had a glimpse of what success looked like or what, a godly woman look like or a godly man or, and I had that. I just didn't believe that I was worthy of it. These victims, not all of them have that luxury. In fact, I would guess a majority of them have never seen success, have never seen somebody that was inspiring to them and spoke love to them and showed them like how life ca- gets to be. And so I, it's a, it's a, even though I had an advantage that other people don't have part of what fuels me is that I know that's the case, but I, and I want to install hope in them so much, but it's really hard. And I can't, and I'm not, it's like hard poor me, but it, it breaks my heart sometimes when people can't see how awesome they're meant to be. It's heartbreaking. And you're you're right at what you said about giving away those resources. Five out of eight hundred did it. Like now let's think about the the victims. We talked about at the beginning of the show. Nine out of ten go back because the resources aren't in place. Do you think like what do you, in your opinion, do you think that we have to do to be able to install hope to get these victims to do the work? So as, as a whole, what can we do? to bring, put hope in their lives that makes them want to do the work to it's, be. It's, it's, it's two
2: words, brother. It's, it's, it's compelling future, you know, we have to, we ha- and, and that's not our version of compelling future. You know, we deal with WIFMs and, you know, and, and what we do for companies. It's, it, all of our employees have a reason why they're coming to work for, for the companies that I've built. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what Jason Cisneros wants. The problem is that there's like, well, I want you to come to work here so I can make more money. And then they drive up in a new Lamborghini and they're flying off for vacation and you're still stuck in the same damn job. And and you're not, that's not the way that I wanted to live my life. It's the same way in trafficking. And and for anybody that has is a victim, um, that is a recovering victim, right? Or becoming a victor in their own life, is they just have to be shown or have drawn out of them. Because God does do one thing consistently throughout all of us is he implants in us a unique vision for our own future. And it doesn't matter whether we've seen it or not. It's always been there. And so what we have to do as God's children is to, come, is to reach in and say, you know what? If I handed you Mickey's magic wand right now and you waved it over your own life, what would it look like? and let them speak what God already put planted in their heart
1: and then help them
2: find that
0: mm-hmm.
1: man. It never fails. You always deliver, bro. You are
0: amazing. <clears throat>
1: Thank you. <laughs> You're both um, Please let the audience know that's listening on the podcast, um, the, the, the radio and else, everywhere else they're watching. Please let people know where they can find you, um, how they can support you specifically and also certain ministries.
2: Okay, um, so slavefreeproject.com is the best place to go. That's a place for everybody. You know, a lot of people want to reach out to CERT Ministries. CERT Ministries does a very specific thing. We kick down doors, get uh, take down bad guys and get, get, and get kids. Not everybody can do that. Very small amount of people can actually do that work. But Slave Free Project, there's a place for everybody that wants to be in the fight. Um, you know, I would say suggest... Uh, I would suggest supporting your show and you two lovely people's uh, uh, mission in life, and and just be in the fight one way, shape or, or or the other. And and lastly, I would say take a take a shot at your own demons. You know, learn to dance with them because then they become your dance partners in, instead of your fighting partners. Uh, you know, somebody that you're that you're doing battle against, and and fi- find that place in your own heart. That 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 seed that God put in your own heart. When you can identify it, you can help other people identify it in their own life.
1: So good, man. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jason Cisneros. Thanks, brother. God bless you, man. My
2: pleasure, brother. Good to see, see you soon. both. Okay.
1: Bye. Wow. He's amazing. it's all yeah. He, it's it's always so good. I could talk to him for hours, but he's one of the busiest people I know. Right. And I are looking at the clock going. We got an hour and 20 minutes with him. That's amazing. But
0: you would never know it because when you talk to him, it feels like you have his full attention for as long as you use it.
1: Yeah. Conversations <laughs> so with Jason great. are like that. It's pretty special. Um, please go to check out slayfreeproject.com. Uh, that's an amazing organization. But also, I know we are representing the You Are My Light Foundation. Um, and we we need all the support we can get. We're raising $7.4 million dollars. Uh, to be able to help rehabilitate these victims uh, that Jason was speaking of, um, and we have an event coming up September 30th in Dallas, Texas. So you can go to You Are My Light Foundation. It's right above our heads. YouAreMyLightFoundation.org um, and find out more information there. But also, uh, if you're watching, uh, you're if you're listening, you can't see this. <clears throat> but if you're watching, go support. Please go support CertMinistries.com. That's S E. RT ministries.com. I want to give a special thanks to Pastor Rudy uh, for the impact that he's had on Jason's life and um, in the in the impact that he's had on so many victims lives, but also have a special thanks to Jason for giving his giving so much time being here sharing his heart. Um, This was awesome. So grateful. Do you have anything you want to say?
0: Bravo. I mean, that was an amazing interview and uh, more to come.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I could interview him once a week. I think this is the sixth time, seventh time, maybe even total. I've had to interview him. Every time is unique. Every time is different. And every time was like the first time, but it's awesome. So God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. You all have an amazing day and we will see you next time.